Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, as we get you set, we are on the road to WrestleMania. We got lots to talk about. Stuff happening in real life. The news in the world of pro wrestling has been crazy. Lots to get into. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there. Get involved with the chat. We got news over there. We got discussions. Right now, we got a chat thread going on during this show. Each and every week during Monday Night Raw, we got a chat going on the Facebook page. Head on over there. Again, Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Like us. Get involved in the chat on our Facebook page. You can tweet us. If tweeting is your thing, follow us on Twitter. At The Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle. Again, that is At The Ken Reedy Show. And you can always head over to our website. We got a player over there on the website. You can listen to the show there. The website is thekenreedyshow.com. Again, that is the Ken, www.thekenreedyshow.com. Check us out over there on the website. Uh, we got blogs over there, pictures. We got fan pics. You want to be on the website? You know, send us a picture. You know, maybe maybe we'll put you on the website. You never know. And hell, we go out. We're going out to Dallas for WrestleMania, so. Maybe we'll get some pictures out there, post them on the website. Again, that is thekenreedyshow.com. You want to check out 1640 PWPR, the exciting venture we've been on board with. Uh, it's getting close to a year. 50-plus thousand hits. Can't be wrong. Cannot be wrong. It's a great place. One-stop shopping for a mess of different wrestling podcasts. It's essentially a radio station, and it's for free, baby. That's right. It's for free. So head on over there, 1640 PWPR. Go on iTunes. You want to subscribe? Just do the search, 1640-1640 PWPR. Up comes our, our station. Just click subscribe. Again, you can subscribe for free. You have access to our show as well as great shows, Blading for Truth, uh, that image guy, Joey Image, who is an independent wrestling star uh, in northern New Jersey. He's got his show on our on our um, network, we got uh, King Firehawk, who's been taking the lead, who's been awesome at getting this network going. 
So check us out over there, 1640 PWPR. And if you think you got what it takes to be on the network, shoot us a, you know, send us a link. We'll have our people listen to it. And maybe you can be part of the 1640 family because that's what we like, baby. It's like a cooperative. You bring your fans into the fold. We bring our fans to you. And we build. And we build. And that's what we're trying to do here. And speaking of other podcasts out there, those of you might not know, big show coming up in April, April 16th, IWF, loud and proud, and our very own producer, the all-star, Michelle D., will be going for the first ever IWF Ladies Championship that night. So she's beginning her press tour, getting it out there. She's working out, hitting the gym, hitting the ring, getting herself in tip-top shape, and she's also doing a press tour. So one of her stops, check out HardcoreWrestlingPodcast.com. Actually, not .com. Excuse me. The name of the, the web, the podcast is Hardcore Wrestling Podcast. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Spreaker. Michelle just did an interview there, so go and check that out. Again, Hardcore Wrestling Podcast. And speaking of IWF, you know, the fans there have been awesome. You know, I mean, wrestlers say it, and it's true, man. There's nothing better than when your music hits and you got to come through that curtain. Um, You know, it's nerve-wracking at times, uh, but, you know, the great fans at IWF, I got to say, as far as personally, have been very supportive uh, to me, uh, cheering me, chanting my name, uh, doing proper by me. So I appreciate everything the fans at IWF have done. Our, our One of our biggest fans, Chris Cessary, who uh, I, I took a picture with when he won a, an autograph belt. He's there almost every show. Found out today his mother was, was hit by a car. She's okay. Uh, she has a broken knee, apparently. She's in the hospital. So get well soon. Chris's mom. If you're listening, get well soon. We're all pulling for you. We're sending positive thoughts. And just had to shout that out there. Chris is a great fan and just wanted to send his mom some well wishes because that, that's got to suck. So hopefully you're on the men. Get well soon. Sending uh, positive vibes your way. And as I said at the top of the show, there's so much to get into. This has been a great, you know, we're in the midst of WrestleMania season. It is WrestleMania season. And as you're supposed to be talking about the storylines and the rivalries and the programs going into the show of shows, all of a sudden, like the past week, we find out that the Immortal One may possibly be the highest paid porn star in history. Sting, will he? Won't we? Craziness going on with Sting, rumors, what's true, what's not, and the sinking ship that seems to just be taking on water Week in and week out, year in and year out, TNA I'm talking about, the ship that somehow, somehow refuses to sink, but it is taking on water. We find out that Bobby Roode, Eric Young, both leaving the company, two of their major stars. We've had this conversation a million times. When is it going to be done for TNA? Who knows? With all these news items, you guys know it. I know it. The only way we can get through the, all of the Michigash and everything going on out there is getting my tag team partner on the line, the best newsman in the business. Dave, how are you doing this evening? 
Can I ask you what Mishigash is? I've never heard that word before. <laughs> you know, it, it, I think it's a Yiddish word, just uh, meaning, uh, I don't know. Like, how can I explain the Mishigash? That's just a Mishigash. It's a Mishigash. Okay. We got to make through it. It's any like of, a mis- It's a mess. Any of, our, any of our Yiddish listeners out there, <laughs> if you're listening currently right now, head on over to the Facebook chat where you can – Translate to us exactly what Mishigash is, or you can call us right now, 347-838-9815, to give us the proper translation of the term Mishigash. Yeah, it so wouldn't be the first said, time I misused the Yiddish word, so <laughs> give us the proper <laughs> definition. But, but with that being said, I, I, I'm doing very well. A, a lot of news has hit this week, especially during WrestleMania season, some big stuff. Inside WWE and outside WWE, of course. I'll have some more about that on the uh, the day five fifty fifty news report at the top of the hour. But yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot going on that uh, you know I'm going to have to dissect. And uh, let's not waste any time. Yeah, I mean, before we get into like Rude and, and Young, and I think that that is a, a big story as far as the landscape of pro wrestling, and especially as far as you know the the ongoing legacy of, of TNA. Um, kudos, really, kudos and well wishes in the same um, shout out, I guess. Uh, Neville injured last week on on Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, it's amazing. This guy does the craziest stunts. You know, in in just about every match he's in. And go figure, a baseball slot is what snags him. Not going to be able to compete at WrestleMania. Uh, I believe it was a broken shin. Um, that they said Neville's injury was. Um, but it was intriguing to just see how Jericho handled it, how Jericho uh, attempted to go to the pin. Robinson, it seemed like, didn't didn't get that. So immediately popped up, went for the disqualification, knowing how hurt Neville was. Uh, Neville looking out for his, uh, sorry, Jericho looking out for his fellow competitors. I thought it was it was very interesting to watch Jericho handle it. I think Jericho handled it like a champ which is what he is. He's a veteran. He knows his way around that ring. Uh, good stuff out of Jericho. And, you know, Dave, well wishes to, to Neville. Tough break in the middle of WrestleMania season. Oh, yeah, just another name on the list of guys that won't be available for WrestleMania this year. The rumor was that Neville was going to be a part of the rumored multi-man Intercontinental Championship match. Um, and I was looking forward to him getting a, an opportunity to perform at WrestleMania because he's one hell of a performer. But, yeah, ironically enough, a baseball slide is what did him in, considering all the, the flips and death-defying things that he, uh, he, he uh, you know, puts himself through on a weekly basis. But, yeah, you know, Jericho, too, I mean, you know, being the ring veteran that he is, you know, smart enough to uh, go in and, uh, and, and, and really call the rest of that on the fly. I thought it was pretty good on his part. And, uh, you know, true pro, you know, being Chris Jericho. And the, the interaction with the referee, um, at first watching it live, I didn't really understand it because I didn't – I guess I wasn't paying enough attention to what was going on. So shame on me as a wrestling fan. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, interesting interesting uh, spat between him and Charles Robinson that, that made it onto live TV. Something that honestly probably wouldn't make it onto live TV, uh, you know, 20 years ago with the way wrestling – was back then to what it is now but nonetheless you know best well wishes to neville he's only going to be gone for a short period of time unfortunately he will miss uh this year's wrestlemania yeah it's crazy man i mean the injuries just keep coming and uh 
You know, you, you just wonder. I mean, you hope he's able to come back because that, that's his gig, man. Like, you know, he's got to be able to do that high-flying stuff. So uh, best wishes to Neville. And let's get into, uh, I guess, the big story. You know, and I, I said it, Dave, and, and it is, you know, we, we've, we've done this. I mean, it's amazing. We've done this a million times. And when, whenever we do a show like this, it, it really is, you sit here and think, how long can TNA exist? And it's, you know, look, I don't have access to TNA's uh, financial records. I'm not in the back thumbing through their books. I don't know what their profit margin is. I, I don't know. Um, perception is reality, though, when it comes to the world of pro wrestling. And when you look at what the company has done over the past few years, it just seems like any new venture they, they go towards doesn't seem to work or at least work as, as, as well as they'd like it. And they keep losing talent. And two guys that are, to me, like synonymous with with TNA, guys like Eric Young and Bobby Roode. I absolutely love Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode has got all the talent in the world. Any promotion should snatch that guy up in a heartbeat. Uh, if you want to, we posted a link on our Facebook page, again, facebook.com. Uh, the Peterborough Examiner uh, did an interview with him. Uh, he's stating he's got no immediate plans right now. Um, but, you know, Dave, when you look at these two guys, again, perception is reality. I don't know what direction TNA, if any direction they're going in. But these are two big guys that you look at. I mean, you look at these two guys gone. AJ Styles is gone. Guys that you just, when you think TNA, you think these guys, and they're out of the company. Yeah, it is unfortunate because uh... – you know, Rude, like, I agree with you, all the talent in the world, and, you know, to lose a name like him, somebody that's done so much for that company, I mean, both of them came in together as a team, as a part of Team Canada. Uh, they were, you know, a lot of people don't remember, back in 2004, they were part of a faction and a tag team. They had worn tag team gold together in TNA. Um, so, to see them leaving together, in a way, is, is ironic, but, I mean, for especially a guy like Rude, who to this date, is still their longest reigning world heavyweight champion. And the stuff he was doing as champion was just awesome stuff. Um, I mean, he really peaked at that point, uh, you know, being the world heavyweight champion. But each year he just keeps continuing to get better and better. I mean, as far as their success or lack thereof or, you know, what's in store for the company itself, I mean, it seems, from what I understand, ever since they've signed on with Pop TV, it's been positive. I mean, they were getting uh, uh, revenue from uh, uh, advertising as well as uh, revenue from uh, rights fees to, uh, from Pop TV. They were able to, to structure, re- restructure, renegotiate a lot of guys' contracts. Um, but unfortunately for Rude and for Young, both of them were under new deals or they were in the process of restructuring deals and they didn't like the numbers and the figures that they were, they were given to them. Um, Rude was very vocal from what I'm understanding of his, um, the, the late pay at times, even though he had been caught up on pay, he was very vocal about, you know, him getting paid late. Eric Young, on the other hand, uh, felt that guys, newer guys that hadn't been established or had, hadn't been in the company long enough were getting deals just as good as him, if not better. And he was very vocal about that to management management kind of gave him a decision. Well, you can either deal with it or you can go. Um, and it's one of those things, I guess, where both guys felt like it was time to move on. Their future, I don't know. I mean, both have been involved um, sporadically in uh, some of the Global Force Wrestling live events. Bobby Roode was even a part of the uh, 
the, the, the pilot episodes of Global Force uh, back last summer in Las Vegas. So that could be an option. I don't know. A lot of people, of course, are, are, are speculating the possibility of both men heading to WWE, particularly the NXT brand. Um, I don't know Eric Young so much, but Bobby Roode definitely. I mean, they, they, they're probably looking their chops at getting Bobby Roode. And uh, I, think, um, I think he'd be a good fit down there, having a solid run as champion, sticking to what he, what, you know, his gimmick and who he is. And maybe, best case scenario is a few years down in NXT, he gets called up to the main roster and he's kind of holding down the fort in the mid-card with like an intercontinental title run or a United States title run. But, um, you know, before we get into fantasy booking on w- what their future holds, it's, it's sad that, you know, TNA couldn't hold on to these guys because these guys were, you know, some of the last originals. I think like Abyss and James Storm are probably the only two guys right now that have been there since the beginning, literally since the beginning, like the first show. Um, so, I don't know what they're, what the company's future holds. I've heard nothing but positive things so far with this association with Pop TV, but then they kind of get pulled in this direction where it's, like you said, like the ship's not sinking, but it's holding water, and it's, and it's not good. And, and when I mean holding water, I mean, you know, Bobby Roode and Eric Young's sudden departures. Yeah, and it's just like for companies, you know, again, in, in like, you know, the area of pro wrestling and entertainment, you know, it's just difficult to, even if the company is moving in the right direction, and that's what I meant by perception is reality. Um, you know, to a lot of fans, like you see these two guys leave, and maybe the company is on the upswing. Maybe they're moving in a positive direction. Uh, but to me, when you hear two guys like this that are leaving the company, um, it's another red flag. I, I'm just amazed that it just seems like, you know, over the past few years, I mean, we have such a tremendous number of red flags. Um, you know, and it's the, the whole, uh, you know, the, the demise have, of TNA has been greatly exaggerated. I mean, there have been many a time that even myself, I'm like, all right, this company is, is pretty close to going under, and, and they just seem to be plugging away. I, I don't know how many how many fans they're really uh, bringing in that are enamored by the product. I, I just hope when you look at these two guys, they find a spot somewhere. Uh, again, with no disrespect to Eric Young, who is also very talented in himself. I just look at, at Bobby Roode as something that's just, it, he's a special kind of talent, but he's not a spring chicken. You know, Bobby Roode, uh, 39 years old, Eric Young, 36. Uh, you know, two guys that, um, you know, wherever they're going to latch on to, um, you know, again, showing no signs of slowing down, but, you know, Father Time is the one opponent that uh, nobody's ever beaten. So, you, you want to see them latch on somewhere, uh, preferably someplace on TV where they're visible. I, I think NXT suits both of them. Uh, like you said, Dave, especially uh, a guy like Bobby Roode, and he could be a guy that could hold down the mid-card. And, and, and Dave, you know, when, when it comes to, like, these guys, and I know that it's it's been this, this whole longstanding, you know, thing with the WWE. And, again, I said it before, and I will say it again. I don't get it. I don't get it. This whole idea of, you know, you have talent, but we can't push them because they're talent that was built elsewhere. we got to tear them down and then build them back up. It, it's silly. It, it's just, it's like if your baseball team, like, signed a, a, a top player on another team and he came up through another team's organization, and then you bench him because you didn't build him. It, it's silly. It's asinine. 
And to me, when you look at guys like this, especially a guy like Bobby Roode, and you, you hit on it, Dave. We're talking about Neville. We're talking about the injury situation with the WWE. Here's a guy you can bring him in as a face or heel. You can probably put him against just about anybody on the roster, and he's going to give you quality. Um, to me, if I'm looking at, like, those top free agents, we got an injury issue, we need someone to, to hold it down while guys get healthy, to me, I snatch up Bobby Roode. I would, too. I totally agree. But from WWE's perspective, look at it like this. Do you want to take two guys who are seasoned veterans that are north of 40 and pay them a substantial amount of money based on their skill and their name value, hoping they would adjust to WWE style? Or do you want to take two guys who could be virtually unknown and build them up in your quote-unquote farm system like the developmental territory, pay them a, 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 a... a substantially less amount of money and hope that they swim and it would be financially a better investment for you. I mean, if you, if you think about it here, I, I would, I would guess that right now with the way that they've been going with some of the signings that they've, they've, they've acquired recently, like an AJ, like for instance, AJ Styles, you just, you brought it up before about, you know, how they portray a guy coming in because he was built somewhere else. Styles, has done, I think they've done a really good job of staying true to AJ Styles and his character currently on WWE television. I truly think that. And if that's the case, I think there's hope for guys like Eric Young and Bobby Roode if they were to make it into WWE. I think for the sake of building the NXT brand, putting them both on NXT first with their name value would give would help give the NXT brand more credibility and would help them – continue to build that brand as they begin touring as a full-time entity and being the third touring brand, so to speak, of WWE. And then you make the decisions from that point. Do you want them to go up to the main roster? Do you want to elevate them even further? Um, I would I would snatch them up in a heartbeat. I would, like I said, I think because also, too, that both guys, they did well in TNA, okay, but they are also associated with a – a dying brand or a brand that I would say is on life support in TNA. If, if I were WWE, if I would, I would snatch them up. I'd let them rebuild themselves as the characters that they are in NXT before you bring them up to the main stage, the main roster. Think about it. AJ has been a free agent and worked for ring of honor and new Japan for, you know, a little over a couple of years before he made it back to WWE. Before that he was in, he was in TNA and it was a, like I said, a brand that was on life support. You don't want to bring these guys in coming from being associated with an organization that's failing. So in a sense, I understand their thought process in trying to reboot or rebuild a guy, especially if they're coming from an organization like TNA, which has gotten such negative press in the past, you know, two to three years. So at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm writing the checks and I'm making the decisions, I put them on board and I start them in that path. NXT, then eventually main roster. And I guess the question is right now, when you look at two guys like that that leave, I mean, hell, you know, again, and I I, I should go back. You guys, fans, go back and listen to some old shows. I mean, I wonder when I said it. Uh, you know, that, that there was probably a moment where whether I said it on the show or, or just talking about wrestling, you know, that I uh, wouldn't be surprised if TNA is out of business by, by, by the end of the year. And I've probably said it over the past few years 
you know, more than one time. And, and you know, again, it's like that, 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 that wave, that, that yo-yo kind of effect where you just, you know, whenever you hear something positive or you think that TNA might be moving in the right direction, something like this happens. And, and that's been their M.O. for, you know, in, in recent history. That, 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 hey, oh, wait, all right, they're doing this. You know, this looks like a, it might be good. For them. Oh, Jesus, no longer. Oh, they're, they're dead. They're, they're going to they're go out of business, you know. And that's been what it's been like in, in recent history. And, and it's just, it, it's kind of amazing where you're just, you're expecting to hear that, that press release that, you know, TNA will be closing their doors effective, you know, August 1st. You're just waiting to hear that. And somehow uh, they, they just keep plugging away. They just keep finding a way. And, and, you know, I don't think they're like, you know, I don't think anyone's really enamored by the product. There's been some positive and negative. Maybe it's a little bit better than it's been. But but ultimately, Dave, it's so difficult to figure out. I mean, we sit here, we do this show, we talk about the company, TNA, you know, and we could sit here, and we've done it before. This could be it for TNA. There's another another strike, but they've had more than their fair share of strikes. They've had more than three strikes. They've had more than three outs. Um, and still they keep going, and, and you just wonder, like, are they just going to, like, is this going to be a company that's just going to somehow find a way and just year in and year out just, just limp through, and there's going to be some negative press, there's going to be some positive things, but they're they're, they're never going to, like, they're never going to get much better, and they're never going to get much worse. Is is this another like you know like we said that the boat's taken on water? Is this it? Is like the, the the iceberg finally cut through and it's going down now? I mean, it's so difficult when you look at the company, Dave, to actually sit here and say, well, what does this ultimately mean for the company? Is it a good thing unloading salary and bring in some some younger uh, independent talent, like some more guys to help like build new stars? But do you have confidence in TNA building stars? It's just so difficult when you look at this situation with TNA to kind of give a prediction and say, you know what, these two guys leaving the company means blank. And, and I would think it's a negative, but somehow this team, this this company seems to be able to limp along. I mean, I'm at a loss here. For your thoughts, like, like I mean, what does this mean for TNA now? Um, I really can't give you a straight answer on that personally because I don't like you. Like you said at the beginning of the of the, of the, the discussion, the uh, you know we're not the ones you know going over the finances and, and checking the books. But uh, I mean, I guess you could see it as a positive, like you said, in unloading payroll. But I also look at it as like, well, this is something that maybe should have been done a long time ago, um, and hasn't so now they're just digging themselves out of this hole and keeping their head above water um not saying that like negatively like this was the right move to to release young and rude i'm sure they didn't want to let them go but if they weren't happy being there for whatever reason and they realized well this is payroll we can free up obviously they were gonna you know they've been having financial issues this was it was almost like Rude and Young kind of gave them an out in a way. Um, I, I really can't give you a positive or negative answer in terms of the future and the state of the company um, and, and what it means for them going forward. But at the same time, the severity of it being two names like that who have been with them virtually since the beginning, 
Um, it's not a good sign, but like I said earlier, like ever since their association with Pop TV, we've heard more positive. They've been able to secure more television taping dates, and they're looking for you know investors to help you know fund the company so that they can you know improve their production quality and maybe give some of these guys raises and 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 be able to eventually you know tour outside of, you know, small, you know, like Universal Studios instead of just doing, you know, eight weeks of TV and like four nights in one venue. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're making attempts, but it's just, you know, one step forward, two steps back sort of scenario. So I really can't pinpoint and say that there's a, there's a overwhelmingly positive sign of the future or a negative sign either. Um, I just kind of see – I. I'll believe it when I see it. I stopped thinking that, oh, well, they're going to they're gonna be a sinking ship. Because, you know, two years ago we were talking about, you know, Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling and how they were going to, you know, really change the game in wrestling and set the world on fire. And they haven't had any TV since they made the announcement that they were going to be an organization. And it's been two years. They filmed some pilot episodes, but they haven't gotten anything cleared in the United States other than the report I mentioned a few weeks ago on the day five where they're they're talking to major networks and they're coming up with a new concept for it, but nothing's really gotten off the ground yet. So, you know, anything is possible when it comes to, uh, you know, that's just an example proving that anything is possible when it comes to, you know, the, the state and the future of TNA. I mean, tomorrow it could all go to hell or tomorrow we could see bigger and brighter things. And maybe, you know, Let's say, for instance, if, if TNA were to come across new investors and people dump some money into the company, maybe they would go back to the table with Rude and Young and say, well, you know, here you go. We're, we're willing to offer you X amount more for you to stay because you're important to our company and this is the direction we're going to take and we'd like you to be a part of it. Who knows? I mean, James Storm, you know, last summer was supposedly done with TNA and he had a tryout with WWE at NXT and things went well. TNA ended up offering Storm more money. Why? Because Pop TV was paying them rights fees, and therefore they were able to restructure a new contract for him. So anything is possible. We could, you know, eventually see these guys come back. I'm not ruling that out either. So for me, it's a a who knows kind of situation. Who knows what the future is? I'm not going to predict it anymore. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, mean, you know... (laughs) It remains to be seen. Let's see what happens. It's you know, as you're talking and I'm listening to you, and it's so tough to peg where TNA is going to go. But I, you know, every time I do the show, I have the WWE Network like up on my screen, like uh, for when the Raw pregame starts, just in case there's news to report. And as you're talking, they're, they're playing like a Four Horsemen uh, promo, so I got like Ric Flair like turning purple, yelling at me, but muted as you're talking, and I'm trying not to laugh, and I'm listening to you, and just. And nobody did. That's what's great about the network. Nobody did it better than those guys. But uh, great stuff as always. So, what do you guys think? Is does this ultimately spell the demise of TNA? Is it just another speed bump? We want to hear from you guys. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're gonna get into the WrestleMania build. Is it is it a build or is it boredom? What do you guys think so far? We only got two Raws left until WrestleMania. What do you think of the build? Give us a call. Lots of other news stuff to get into as well. And no better way to get into the news than what we do each and every week at this time. It is time now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. 
Good evening, and welcome to another award-winning edition of the Day 5-50-50 News Report. Only heard right here, top of the hour, at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network, and more. Subscribe for free by heading on over to iTunes so you can indulge yourself in the smorgasbord of pro wrestling, boxing, MMA podcasts that only 1640 can offer. Cheap plugs are out of the way, so let's get into the juicy scoops we got this week. The big story topping the news this week is the monumental victory that WWE Hall of Famer, yes, I said it, he's still a WWE Hall of Famer, Hulk Hogan encountered in court this week as a jury in a Florida court awarded the Hulkster a whopping $115 million from his lawsuit against Gawker Media. Reports have just surfaced via the Associated Press a little over an hour ago that a Florida jury has ruled this afternoon that Hulk will now receive an additional $25 million in punitive damages on top of the $115 million he was awarded from the jury's original ruling last week. The Florida Supreme Court usually forces defendants to pay compensatory damages two to three times the amount on top of the original rulings from a jury. Gawker has publicly gone on record stating that they plan to appeal this ruling as they felt key testimony from the original owner of the sex tape, Bubba the Love Sponge, was crucial to their defense. However, Bubba invoked his his Fifth Amendment right from testifying. Financially for the Hulkster, his checkbook will not come crashing down and hurt inside any longer. On the subject of Hall of Famers, TMZ reported this week that 2016 WWE Hall of Fame inductee Sting is retiring from act competition. Sting last competed in September at Night of Champions against Seth Rollins. In that match, Sting suffered a neck injury that has been diagnosed by several doctors as spinal stenosis. Sting was hoping to return to action for this year's WrestleMania, but doctors had not cleared him, and he has yet to go under the knife to repair the damage in his neck. A formal announcement from Sting himself was expected to take place during his Hall of Fame induction speech April 2nd during the 2016 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. However, new developments from Sting himself have surfaced this past weekend. TMZ, who broke the story, caught up with Sting, and the icon had this to say about his retirement. And I quote, my neck is okay. I'm not officially retired. There's a lot of rumors out there, but I'm not officially retired. End quote. Despite these statements from Sting himself, an interview with WWE.com in the fall had suggested by Sting that he did have neck issues and the doctors advised him to have surgery to repair any issues he's having with his neck stemming from the diagnosed spinal stenosis. Regardless of that, Sting's in-ring future is still up in the air at this time. Speaking of Sting, he celebrated a birthday this past weekend as he turned 57 years old. Happy birthday, Stinger. Former TNA Knockouts champion Angelina Love had found the luck of the Irish this past St. Patrick's Day. She gave birth to a healthy baby boy. Love, who was engaged to TNA star Davey Richards, made the announcement via social media, posting pictures of the newborn just minutes after his arrival. The child's name has not been released yet. Richards tweeted his excitement over becoming a father by tweeting, Life is truly amazing. Richards is currently out with a knee injury, but has stated recently that he could be back sooner than the expected nine months recovery time. Congratulations to the new parents, Angelina Love and Davey Richards. NXT coach William Regal appeared at Evolve's 
56 event this past week and announced that weekend, excuse me, and announced that qualifying matches for the WWE Network Global Cruiserweight Series would be taking place at upcoming of all events, with the first few taking place this past weekend. These matches will be the U.S. qualifying matches, while other matches will take place outside the United States. The Global Cruiserweight Series will chronicle 32 cruiserweight wrestlers who are unsigned by the company or yet to debut, competing for a WWE contract. The debut episode airs on the WWE Network on July 13th, while the finale will air September 19th, where a winner will be determined. And in our final story this week, coming from DailyWrestlingNews.com, there seems to be some creative differences within WWE between Vince McMahon and Triple H regarding the use of one Brock Lesnar. McMahon feels that with the amount of money Lesnar is getting paid, that he should have been a part of the main event at WrestleMania this year. There is also concern that his match with Ambrose at WrestleMania is not good enough to close out the show. With all due respect to Ambrose, his management is firmly behind this push, and the way the angle has played out with Lesnar on TV recently, they don't feel the the star power is quite there yet. Triple H, on the other hand, feels his match with Reigns for the title should close out the show in order to help facilitate Reigns' push as the top guy following WrestleMania. Some in WWE either expect a title match or the Hell in a Cell match to close out WrestleMania this year. McMahon is also said to be very disappointed that The Rock is unable to wrestle this year due to the insurance issue while filming his latest movie. If The Rock were given the green light to wrestle, many had expected McMahon to push really hard for a Rock-Brock rematch from SummerSlam 2000 to have headlined this year's mega event. And that's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week right here at the top of the hour for the most informative and entertaining news segment in the pro wrestling podcast scene today, the Dave 550 News Report. I'm Dave Rosenbluth saying have a safe and happy Easter holiday. Good stuff as always. A lot of like crazy stories uh, going around and, you know, teased earlier. You know, it's great. You know, Dave, it's funny. You're, you're talking the, the uh, you know, Rock and Brock, and, and that would have been interesting. But, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, if, if I'm like a movie producer and I got The Rock cast and Rock comes to me and he's like, you know, I, I want to go – I, I want to go back and wrestle for WrestleMania. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, all right, let me think about it. Let me, you know, maybe we'll let you out or we'll figure something out to get you there. And it, Oh, and Vince wants me to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Hell no. No way I'm letting my commodity go and wrestle Brock Lesnar. You know, it's like when I, when I hear that, Dave, I kind of understand all the Hollywood producers and, and higher-ups and everything. If that's the plan in place... Man, I am not letting my meal ticket anywhere near Brock Lesnar. I, I, I mean, I do understand. I would agree, um, you know, to a certain extent. At the same time, uh, you know, The Rock, he was relatively injury-free during his time in, in, in the, you know, during his full-time days in the wrestling business. And I think this, you know, this one freak accident with John Cena a few years ago at WrestleMania is what really has kind of, you know, sparks, you know, production companies and, you know, directors and movie producers to eventually, you know, stop him from wrestling or, you know, make it clear that they're not going to insure him if he does wrestle during the time period of his filming. So, uh, I mean, I would guess that, you know, I mean, if The Rock wants, I mean, I don't think The Rock is dying to wrestle again, but at the same time, 
if he's going to do it, I'm I'm sure he's going to make sure that he's put in a situation where he knows it's not going to jeopardize his future um, in, in in the movie business. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, again, like as much as a fan, you want to see him wrestle. Like I, I get it. I mean, I get it, especially against a guy like Brock. But it's kind of you know when you go through this this you know the news. I mean, now Sting's uh, you know not officially retired. Will we see him back in the ring again? I mean, who knows? Uh, even if he can have one more match, I mean, is it going to be worth it? What's the risk of injury? And uh, oh my God, like can it get more surreal with Hulk Hogan? As you know, arguably, I mean, in our books, in my book, greatest ever. I'm not going to argue like you know where he is on the list, but we we get to a point where like you know at least the most recognizable professional wrestler probably on the planet. Uh, I guess maybe next to The Rock now at this point. But, uh, you know, porn tape, I mean, the big joke is they look at Hogan, the highest paid porn star in history, $115 million for one movie. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, that whole idea of, like, uh, you know, fact is stranger than fiction. I mean, you can't make this up. It's good to see that Hogan... Uh, finally, something positive goes in his direction, and as we move past this lawsuit, as much as he is still a WWE Hall of Famer, quote unquote, I hope we see Hogan back in the WWE. Whether it's not on WWE programming, but we see him back on the website, uh, back in merchandise. If nothing else, for God's sake, stop editing him out of things uh, to make it look like he wasn't there. I mean, when you look at highlights now from last year's WrestleMania, you would think it was just Hall and Nash that came down when the NWO came down. So I hope now that this lawsuit looks like it should be in the rearview mirror, that that will start to open the door for uh, Hogan to be more visible when it comes to the WWE. I've heard rumors that they have spoken with him and sent feelers out, and he's kind of talked with them, not directly necessarily to maybe Triple H or Vince McMahon, but... Some people within management have reached out to him, and they do have an interest. And, you know, Triple H has even publicly stated that everyone uh, – he would love to have Hogan back once, you know, you know Hogan that, – that mess that Hogan's involved in and been involved in is cleared. Um, I don't see it happening for a while only because Gawker plans on appealing, which means that they could go back to court. Um, but I, I do see him coming back and, you know – and, and being, you know, similar role that he had recently, you know, the ambassador, a few appearances here and there, being on the network, stuff like that. Um, I, I'm sure that that will take place, you know, in due time. Um, I, I've heard that it could happen as early as, you know, following WrestleMania. It would not shock me in the least bit if, uh, you know, on the down low, he's present backstage at WrestleMania. Uh, maybe they have a surprise concocted, but I, I don't never say never in wrestling, but I'm sure within the next year or so, he will be back. He will be involved in the fold somehow, you know, with the company, you know, everyone loves a good comeback story. I mean, if Paula Dean can recover from it, I think Hulk Hogan can too. Yeah. I mean, define irony, Hulk Hogan likeness, everything else booted out of the WWE. WWE inducts man who portrayed a pimp and owns a strip club into the Hall of Fame this year. Go figure. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Those of you guys, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but uh, my puppy, my new puppy, he's a little rambunctious. I think he's 
he's hearing my voice and wondering, why are we hanging out? So I apologize for his uh, yapping in the background. But 347-838-9815 is the number to call. You want to talk TNA? You want to talk some of these news items? You want to talk the road to WrestleMania? It's all on the table. Let's go out to the phones. we got Dank on the line. Dank, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? We are doing all right. Lots of stuff uh, to talk about. Crazy world of pro wrestling. What do you got? Oh, um, it's because I just came back from GameStop, and given the fact I had not played one of the games in forever, I to give WWE 2K15 a try, and I've been kind of building down wrestler for the past hour and a half, so I have no input at this moment. Yeah. But it looks, it looks better. Uh, <laughs> um, well, the thing is, we were, me and a couple of the people that were working there started talking wrestling because they were both very big fans, and we were talking about possible, you know, because... We can't just satisfy the WrestleMania that's coming up. We automatically have to start talking about future WrestleMania. So we were talking, and AJ Styles came to mind, um, came, you know, and got thrown in the mix. And um, one thing that I didn't even realize, that we just kind of all looked at each other, because I just mentioned it, was how awesome would it be now that they made the announcement that they push him you know, he goes maybe not straight for the belt, but, you know, slowly they build him up. And then he headlines WrestleMania, what is it, 2018 or 2017 that's coming to Orlando? That would be like a homecoming for him, which would be great if he could, you know, headline in the city that he pretty much built in his name, the TNA and everything, and he'd be a hell of a push. The problem with that is the writers. Like, he was one of those, like, let's hope that they can build him up to the point where by the time that WrestleMania does come around, he'll be able to, you know, stand his ground and be a legitimate wrestler in the company that it would... uh, it wouldn't be seen as, oh, they're just doing it because they're coming to Orlando. It just happens that they're coming to Orlando. Now, I've seen him wrestle a times when I went to the TNA taping. He's good. He's got, you know, like to, to my knowledge, to my liking as a fan, I liked his, you know, his charisma. And uh, one of the guys there actually compared him to Jericho. Like he has like almost that charisma that Jericho has to where, when he's in the ring, people listen. You know, it's not like, oh, are we booing him? Are we cheering him? They're actually, like, paying attention to what he has to say. Um, And I'm hoping that they have whatever the company has in store for him, even, like, shortcoming, but long-term is that, you know, they know what they finally have in their hands. This is something that us as fans have been wanting for a while for him to come to this company I really hope, and and I haven't been watching wrestling, so I can't say if it's already gone into effect or not, but I really hope that they build him up to where he can, again, going back to the whole face of the company, not necessarily be the face of the company, but when people talk WWE, he's the first one that they mention because he's so good, because he's so great, that he he deserves a mention when when you're talking about that company. 
how what do you guys think? Like do you think that he has that potential that he could headline something as big as WrestleMania, let alone, you know, over homecoming, but just in general, as as a wrestler, as everything. Like is he a package deal? Um, Dave, I wanna let you take that one first. Well, Here's how I look at it, by how you posed this question. You know, a lot can happen in a year in wrestling. And if you go back and you look at different WrestleManias from year to year, you'll notice maybe about a handful, you know, three, four guys that are usually in the top spots, you know, wrestling in headline matches. And you'll see guys kind of fade in and out in those headline matches with some of those established guys. The past, I'd say, three or four years, it's been, you know, usually WrestleMania, the headline matches have been, you know, involving either Undertaker, Triple H, John Cena, The Rock's been a part of it now, Brock Lesnar the past few years as well. You know, you got about four or five guys that you always know will somehow be involved in the top matches to round out the, 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 the headlining matches. Rusev last year was involved in a huge angle with John Cena. Got a lot of play. Now, this year, he's being relegated to a four-on-three handicap match with the rest of the League of Nations against the New Day. Okay, New Day was on the damn kickoff show last year. Nobody gave a crap about them. And look what look at the look at the spot they're in now on the card. Okay, Bray Wyatt last year was involved in a in a, in a headlining match with the Undertaker, and Look what he's doing now. He doesn't even have a match announced yet for WrestleMania. And we'll get into that later. Okay? AJ Styles, would I imagine he would... Could he be a part of a headlining match at WrestleMania? Absolutely. He's got the potential to do that. Um, Would they bring up his roots in Orlando where he built a name? Yes. Absolutely. They did it at the Royal Rumble when he came out. The announcers brought up how he, you know, built built a name for himself... In this, in the city of Orlando, they didn't say anything about being TNA, but they they talked about his roots. So that would definitely he would it would definitely be some kind of a homecoming. But it depends on how large of a homecoming they would like for it to be with him. So a lot can happen in a year. You know, he's really involved in his first angle in WWE with Jericho that's gone on since he started at the Royal Rumble. So I think it's a little too early to tell, but I I do think that he has potential to be a part of important headlining matches at WrestleMania, but a lot of guys in the company have potential. It's just how the writers and management want that individual portrayed. Like I said, Rusev was a killing machine going into WrestleMania undefeated against John Cena. He lost the match, and ever since he lost that match, Rusev has been a Bulgarian crybaby, you know, the, the, for, for the better part of almost a year now. Um so, I mean, it could be an instance where, you know, next year AJ could get a headlining match against, you know, God knows who and be put in a prominent spot at WrestleMania. But then the following year, it could just mean nothing. And he, and he would be relegated to a mid-card match or, you know, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or wherever. So take that into account, too, that it's possible, but I think it's still too early to tell. I, to me, I think the big benchmark to, to to prove if he's got the chops to hang 
is at WrestleMania, in my opinion, against Jericho. And, 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 I mean, that's the rumored match that the two of them are supposed to be involved in. But if he does perform well, and, you know, I'm sure he will with Jericho, and they're given the right amount of time, I'm sure that they're going to look at him and say, well, you know, he could be one of those guys that we could put in a headline match next year against a Randy Orton or a Seth Rollins or this person or that person. So I think there's potential for him, but I'm not making any guarantees that we're going to see him involved in a headlining main event match next year at WrestleMania in Orlando. Yeah, see, the thing that would concern me about him is, is like, I don't doubt that he's going to perform, you know, in the in the squared circle. It, it's the build. And I think the WWE, as much as, you know, we can be critical of, of how creative has been, they, look, AJ Styles and his his limits are, are when it comes to his promo work and, and you know, being on the mic. And I think they've done a really nice job at, at pairing him with Jericho. Even the stuff he did with The Miz, you know, they kept his, his speaking parts minimal and, and they've built this storyline around him, which is, is, is catered to his strengths. A, a run to a main event at WrestleMania, I do wonder if he would be able to shoulder the load. But I would look to being Orlando that he'd be in a prominent match. Uh, being the main eventer, uh, he, he'd have to get a little bit better as far as the, uh, the the drama of it all and the speaking parts and everything. But, again, he, the guy's very talented. We'll see what happens. It's amazing. we got all this news happening, and, and we're booking next year's WrestleMania now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, okay. you know, we're never content. We always have to try and look ahead. But, um, I'm, okay, so I know I, I haven't been following you guys, but real quick, um, Taker or Shane? You know, I mean, for, uh, here, I'll, I'll say this, because we'll be doing our show uh, next week, and, and we have, like, the 1640, so I'm going to reserve my prediction, my official prediction, uh, I'm going to keep that under wraps. But I will say this about the match. I'm, I'm finding it it's a very difficult match to call for me. On one hand, I do think, you know, the taker streak isn't there anymore, so a loss is possible. Do they bring Shane in? Because if Shane is loses, he's done. So they bring Shane in for a one and done. Uh, at the same time, taker is still a... Uh, you know, I mean, you can go with Hogan. I know Shawn Michaels calls himself Mr. WrestleMania, but, I, you know, I think that moniker really should belong to The Undertaker. Um, the streak and, and, you know, one loss at WrestleMania, um, he's going to lose to Shane. So, it, to me, like, a loss for either guy doesn't make sense to me, which is why I, I – now, the fun part is that it is difficult to call. Um, I don't know, in all honesty. That's why, I, I mean – for theatrical purposes in this show, I'm going to reserve my predictions until next week. But at the same time, I'm also I want to wait and see what happens tonight on Raw. See if anything happens during the week. See if anything happens on SmackDown. Because uh, to me, it's a very hard matchup to to pick. Uh, again, Dave, I'm sure you're going to keep yours under wraps. With your thoughts on this matchup? I'm kind of split, but I'll just put it to you this way. Okay, they brought Shane McMahon in for a reason. I don't think it was a one and done. I'm not saying that he's that he's going to win, but it's not outside of the it's not outside of the realm that 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 he steals this victory either. Especially now that Undertaker's streak has been broken. I mean, I think there's a possibility he could win it. 
I, I think that, and I wouldn't say a possibility. I'd say a strong possibility too, for theatrical and storytelling purposes. But then again, I, I, I also lean on that side of the fence, like you can, where he comes into WrestleMania and he loses to Shane McMahon. What's the bigger picture following? So, obviously, we'll get more into the predictions. As a matter of fact, just to give you all a heads up listening, and you too, Dank, next week when we do talk about these predictions, I got a little theory in mind regarding this particular match that could shape the overall card and the rest of the show for WrestleMania that you'll want to tune in and listen to next week. Well, you think that Undertaker's going to disappear in the middle of the ring as well? <laughs> no, I'm not coming up with that dumbass theory like you did a few years ago. That bullshit New Orleans voodoo theory that you thought of. That never, I'm never going to let that one down ever. Okay, well, ever. Just remember that. But you never uh, know. Papa Shango's going into the Hall of Fame this year. Maybe Papa Shango puts a spell on Taker and he disappears. Great no. stuff as always, Dank. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Be sure to tune in next week so we hear Dave's theory on everything. Thanks a lot, brother. Talk to you hey. soon. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, I mean, as you know, as we talk, I mean, we had so many news items. We talk a little bit about uh, storyline and build and everything. I mean, you know, you look at this build to WrestleMania, and, you know, we'll get into it a little more next week. It's been an odd build. um, But last year was weird, too. Like, we weren't enamored by the build, and then it wound up being a real kick-ass WrestleMania. Uh, You know, I don't know how many times you can go to the well with, like, an okay build and then blow it out of the park at WrestleMania. But, you know, this match with with Shane is, uh, you know, Shane and Taker, it's a a tough match to call when when you look at it. um, Because at least right now, you know, a loss on either side uh, doesn't work for me as far as the characters. Um, It's it's odd. It's an odd build because Taker's obviously not – enamored by working for Vince, but is doing it nonetheless. Um, I don't know. I'm looking for Shane to do something crazy at Mania. So let's see what happens if we get any more uh, clarification or or any any more uh, story building heading towards WrestleMania. And let's go back out to the phone. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We got Rocky, who is on the line. Rocky, how are you doing this evening? How's it going, guys? Doing all right. You yourself? Uh, I, I am slowly recovering from the uh, dark pit of sickness that I was in all weekend. No bueno, man. Feel better. Thank you, thank you. Uh, to go over what you guys have been talking about, and you guys have jumped around, uh, as far as uh, uh, Rude and Young, uh, the, the only way I could, the, the one analogy I can put to it yeah, I, I'm going to use a military analogy. You know, go figure me using a military analogy. Uh, is If you remember back in the Iraq war, there was that one guy who was always on TV, Baghdad Bob, who's saying, you know, nothing to see here, no Americans here, while tanks are rolling behind him, and, you know, everything is coming down around his ears. You, you know, TNA is just, like you said, they're hemorrhaging talent. And while it's true that... You know they seem to, you know they seem to fight the, you know the last bell, for for all that they're worth. You know it, right now it's a question of how long can they hold out. You know when you really think about it, 
you, you lose talent like that. And like you, like you said, guys whose names are synonymous with the promotion, um, you know, I, I can't, I just can't see them limping along too, you know, too much farther. Now, as far as Young and Rude's future and any other promotions, if to, to to put that fantasy booking cap on, if they came to WWE, I would definitely say look for them to hit T. I mean uh, NXT first, because if you remember another name synonymous with TNA, you know Mr. AJ, you might as well call him AJ TNA. You know when we we were all excited and we were all you know waiting for that first match, and he had that match with Jericho. And when he had that first match with Jericho, we all kind of went, "Oh, that was, you know, that that was, it was a little bit of a letdown." And I still hold true to that explanation that AJ, being as as great a performer as he is, simply was not used to the way things are done within WWE. And as proof, I go to the the mishap with with Jericho and Neville and you know Jericho the consummate professional even though th- things just went wrong he knew how to handle it he knew what to do and you know it just points to the fact that and at least in my in my humble opinion that first match between Jericho and AJ it was miscommunication now obviously they've gotten better and I expect you know this this uh, feud has been great, and I think we we can expect great things in the future from him. Um, if they were to take on Rude and Young, I definitely say whether their ultimate, you know, whether their ultimate destination is the main roster WWE or not, look for them to hit NXT first, just to get their feet wet with how the way, you know, the way things are done within the promotion. What do you think? Well, well done as far as uh, jumping around in our jump around episode because you, you hit a lot in there. Um, I, I I kind of agree with you. I would just hope that like when it comes to Bobby Roode, uh, especially that the plan would be to bring him up to the main roster and not make him just an NXT uh, staple. But you're right. You bring up a good point. I mean, as we talk about AJ Styles and and Dank just called and is is set for uh, him to headline WrestleMania. Uh, that first match was underwhelming, and when it comes to uh, getting into the WWE, learning the WWE style, and, and making sure you, 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 you kind of hit the ground running uh, in, in your debut on the main roster, uh, some NXT seasoning uh, would, would probably be uh, beneficial for uh, uh, whether it's Bobby Roode and Eric Young or just one of them, but uh, that would probably be the, the best way to go. Uh, you know, I think you kind of hit on that, Dave, but uh, before, but are you thinking the same thing? Yeah, both of them head to the head to NXT first before you go to the main roster. I'm actually kind of surprised that Styles didn't do that. Not only because of his of the style that you know, no pun intended, that he wrestles, which is very similar to a lot of the guys down in NXT, but his name value and and how it could help them as a touring as a new you know new brand, you know, touring and doing smaller shows that his name would have helped, but. They brought him up to the main roster, and I think I wouldn't call it successful, but I think it's been good so far. It's not been out of this world, but it, they certainly haven't botched AJ Styles on the main roster. But I do agree that I think that Rude and Young would benefit greatly 
um, to get their feet wet in NXT. And best case scenario for me personally, I, I kind of like you can, I hope Root gets the opportunity to go up to the main roster and, uh, and, and do what he does best. I mean, I think his ceiling, I mean, realistically speaking, his ceiling could, could go as high as, as he wants it to go. WWE speaking, I think Bobby Roode could be probably one of the best Intercontinental champions out there, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, among among the other things you guys talked about, touching back on Neville, uh, I feel for him. I hope he, I I wish him a speedy recovery. As far as all the crazy stuff he does in an in-ring baseball slide, puts him on the shelf. But you know where where there is a negative, there is a positive. The po- the positive being, you know, it's a, it's an open slot. Who is going to step into that slot, and who could possibly, you know, make their star shine on the grandest stage of them all? Any any speculation uh, as far as, you know, who could who is going to take his place? That's a good question. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of that style, so to speak. I get I get where there's a place for it on the card. I'm not going to sit here and just crap all over guys who, who are, you know, spot guys. I, I think there's a place, look, I think there's a place for everybody. On, on, to me, on a good wrestling card, and this is why I like uh, House of Hardcore a lot, you know, I think there's a place for the spot guys, there's a place for the hardcore guys, uh, there's a spot for the guys that give you the pure wrestling, you know, uh, spot for the cruiserweight, you know, I think that's what makes a card really good. Um, so I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I understand why it, it, it's put on a wrestling card. I, physically, I don't think there's anybody on the on the card on the roster that can do the things that Neville does. Um, again, saying admittedly, not my cup of tea, uh, but I, I am amazed with some of the things he's able to do. I mean. Guy gets on the third rope, does 73 uh, flips in the air before he, he hits the mat. I mean, an incredible athlete. As far as, like, that role uh, of fitting the bill, like, as far as that wow factor, I, I don't know if there's anybody on the roster that can do it as, as well as, as he's going to do it. I don't know what their plans were for him. Um, I don't know. We saw We saw Jack Swagger backstage. It seems like he's been around a lot lately. Does he get a spot on the card? I just... Who knows? I mean, I can't offhand um, think of anybody. Um, you know, maybe someone from NXT gets a spot, uh, gets bumped up to the main roster. Jeez, uh, it, it's tough to say, but he's he's a loss because, I, to me, that style, nobody really does it better on the roster. So I don't know who would necessarily uh, be able to slide into Neville's spot, what they would intend for him to do at Mania. Uh, do you have anybody offhand, Dave, that you think of? Like, oh, yeah, this guy should be bumped up. I mean, you're right. I think for you, like what you're saying, Rocky, it's an opportunity for someone. Someone out there should be looking at, oh, there's a slot to fill. Like, let me see if I can get my name in Vince's ear and get get into that slot. I, I just can't, you know, put my finger on a guy that I'm like, oh, that's the perfect guy to fill that. Your thoughts, Dave? Well, the rumor was was that Neville was supposed to be a part of this rumored multi-man ladder match for the Intercontinental title. It's, I don't know if it's either a, a, a multi-man match or if they're going to add a ladder to it. I'm not sure. Um, I think with the way that the card is shaped up, they probably will make it a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, Neville, Sami Zayn, Miz, I believe Dolph was rumored 
um, as well, you know, with Kevin Owens, uh, maybe a couple other guys. I'm not 100% sure. However, um, even though he's already booked on the card, one guy who I think would fit perfectly into that role in the Intercontinental title ladder match, if he didn't have a spot, if he didn't already have a spot in the card, that would be Kalisto. Kalisto's wrestling Ryback for the, Inter- for the United States Championship in a singles match, and his kind of style, the high-flying, and all the crazy stuff he's done, and he's done some pretty crazy stuff even in that ladder match in uh, Boston at TLC uh, back in December. He's the guy that would probably fit that role perfectly for the, you know, the, 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 the big crazy spots in a ladder match. But he's already got Ryback at WrestleMania, so um, he's out. I mean, I, I, I don't know who would fit that role now, though. I mean, maybe Sin Cara? I don't know. I mean, it's needless to say, those ladder matches are always fun to watch. So I'm sure that, you know, whoever takes that spot will do something pretty fun and memorable, you know, if that's going to be a ladder match. (laughs) I think it's something interesting to look forward to. Absolutely. I mean, you know, whenever there's an injury, it's, you know, where do they scramble? Who gets that spot? And does whoever gets a spot, do they step up? Good stuff as always, Rocky. Thanks for the call. I'll talk to you next week, brother. And feel better. All right. Take care, guys. Take care, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough, man, when you look at, like, the injury situation and what's going on on the roster, you know. Again, and those are two good, you know, Lucha Dragons, both of them, like, wrestle that style. But, uh, like I said, Dave, you know, that that style, like, I mean, you know, whoever jumps in is, you know, will be good. But, I mean, Neville – in that style is, is something special. I mean, some of the stuff, some of the aerial stuff he he does uh, is just stuff I've never seen before. You know, I don't want to go off topic here, but you just said something in the beginning of that promo, if you will, um, regarding you know it, it being tough with the injuries. Yes, we you know WWE has the, the injury bug has has continued to run roughshod through their roster. But what puzzles me more than anything, I think that hasn't been discussed on this show enough, is the fact that the injuries have piled up so much heading into this WrestleMania that we are two weeks away from WrestleMania, and Bray Wyatt, as talented as he is, does not have a prominent role on the show. And I just saw a video on WWE.com, I believe it was yesterday, where it was a WWE.com exclusive video. It was some sort of cryptic subliminal message that, you know, Bray Wyatt is perfectly known for um, to the WWE universe talking about WrestleMania and how, you know, and he had made references to Triple H, Brock Lesnar, and The Undertaker um, in this promo. I think he made mention of, uh, you know, what's uh, a king, uh, without his crown, meaning you know triple, you know Triple H, the King of Kings. Uh, uh, what's a, a a dead man without his urn or something? I forget. He said something, but to me, I just have a feeling that like we might see like a Wyatt kind of invasion at WrestleMania somehow. Um, I don't necessarily know if you know he, they're going to be putting a singles match. The rumor is that the entire Wyatt family is going to be a part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But when he referenced those three guys in his promo, um, it kind of made me wonder if we're going to see any kind of invasion in one of those three matches involving one of those three guys. I mean, we saw Wyatt um, 
have you know a, a little interaction with Triple H a few weeks ago, kind of motioning, you know, wanting the title. He's got history with Undertaker um, as recent as the fall, and even Brock Lesnar as recent as the Royal Rumble. A lot of stuff that's been very unsettled for his character lately. Um, but to me, I just think it's a crime that someone as talented as him is not in a prominent role at this year's WrestleMania, considering all the injuries that have piled up and the guys that are not going to be a part of the show. You would think that they would rely on somebody like him to carry the load for a big match. It's just puzzling to me. Yeah, 100% right. I mean, a guy that's got, like, all the talent in the world, and you kind of expect big things out of uh, – it's a good point. Like, where – you know, where do they slot him? And, and you know, a guy that you look at as, you know, kind of the future and a guy that uh, – you know, would be earmarked to, to be kind of that, that long-standing, you know, in the same vein of, of as Taker or Kane, as just a, that otherworldly guy to fit the bill for years to come. Um, you know, the, the optimist in you, you know, thinks that, like like you're saying, is there some sort of Wyatt invasion? Do, uh, when it's all said and done, you know, they're kind of keeping the Wyatts quiet um, and they have a major role at WrestleMania. Or is, is it something that they just don't? Or is it something that they save for the the Raw after WrestleMania? But um, you're right, a guy that, that right now, I mean, and, and I don't know where you stand on this, but I, I'll say it, I, I don't think there's anybody right now in the company that can cut a better promo than Bray Wyatt, and he's just really being horribly uh, unutilized, and you kind of hope that they find something substantial for him, but... You know, it's a real good point, Dave, with all these injuries. Why are they not using these guys more? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been rumored that, like, you know, last week that he was suffering from a back injury. He didn't wrestle. Um, I think part of, you know, part of the reason, that was another reason why he didn't get involved in the match at Roadblock with Harper and Lesnar. But the rumor is that they got big plans for him following WrestleMania. Like, a run with Brock Lesnar, um, and uh, a title program with, with with possibly Roman Reigns if he wins the title. So, I mean, I kind of, I don't know, just, I, I could be wrong, but it just leaves you questioning, like, what their involvement's going to be at WrestleMania. And I just kind of have a feeling that they've left a lot of things unsettled with him and the Wyatt family to where at some point, whether it's at WrestleMania or if it's even the following night on Raw, they do something big to get you kind of hooked post-WrestleMania. Because you always need a big angle post-WrestleMania to keep people hooked. And I have a feeling you're going to see some kind of invasion, like a Nexus-style invasion where they just kind of lay out everybody and just let it be known that they've kind of, like, taken over. And I I just – I think that would – that's just the the feeling that I get from that promo that he cut, you know, that was on WWE.com the other day. But it is a crime that, like, he's just not being used more – especially now in this in, in this time period when the roster is suffering tremendously. And that's the thing you got to question, you know, as a fan, like are you optimistic that, you know, they got big plans for the Wyatts or do you think that they're just dropping the ball left and right with these guys? Uh, it, you know, it's tough to speculate exactly where they're going to go. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. This is the jump around edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Lots of news items. We're touching on the bill to WrestleMania. We're hitting the injury stories. Neville, what are the Wyatts going to do in, in WrestleMania or maybe after WrestleMania? Whatever you want to touch on. We haven't even touched upon 
Roman Reigns and Triple H and the fact that, oh, my God, Raw is in Philadelphia tonight, and as they build towards WrestleMania, is Reigns even going to make it out of Philadelphia tonight? Give us a call right now. we got about 15 minutes left in the show. Let's go back out to the phones. Here's a new caller. we got a 262 number. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. How you doing? Doing all right. What's your name, man? Uh, this is Dwayne Hadley, host of the Hardcore Wrestling Podcast. Hey, welcome aboard. Thanks for giving us a buzz tonight. Uh, again, we talked about it at the at the top of the show, uh, our producer, the all-star Michelle D., uh, to appear on the Hardcore Wrestling Podcast, host calling in. Uh, give us your – look, we hit on a lot of news items, the bill towards WrestleMania. Whatever you want to touch upon, brother, uh, bring it. Well, let's first of all, let's, let's talk about a little bit about WrestleMania. Isn't this year's WrestleMania going to be in Texas? Yes, sir. So then I'm get, I'm predicting that we're going to see maybe Stone Cold appear somewhere or um, the whole Bray Wyatt incident. There, there was a talk with some fellow wrestling fanatics that are friends of mine that we could see the Wyatts interfere with the uh, match between Shane and uh, Undertaker, somehow having them working with uh, Vince McMahon. And that, you know that's a good point. Like whether whether you see the Wyatts working with Vince McMahon or working with Shane. I mean, if Shane wins the match because it's him and the Wyatts helping him bring down the Phenom, um, that makes sense. I mean, Shane winning because the Wyatts come out and help him, uh, that could work. Or the Wyatts as heels help out, you know, Vince McMahon. I mean. There are ways to do it. It's interesting what you said when you brought up Stone Cold. I agree with you. We should see him in Texas. But, you know, and Dave, I want you to hit on this too. You know, if Stone Cold's going to be there, what is his role? You know, the WWE is looking to set attendance records. We're two weeks out. You would think it's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. The rattlesnake. If he's going to be there, why have they not told us what he's going to be doing? Maybe he's not going to be there. But, Dave, I would think if he's got some sort of substantial role, uh, wouldn't that help with the, with the bill to mania? Oh, absolutely, and you know it, it's ironic the timing of this conversation that we're having right now with the, with, with this new caller, and and I just stumbled upon some news uh, last week. It's been reported by several wrestling media outlets that Austin's role at WrestleMania was locked in. Michaels is apparently got to have some form of a role, and the, obviously The Rock is calling his own shots, and WWE's waiting to hear back on what he's willing to do with the show. So those three will be involved. Austin is definitely going to be in Texas because he's going to be interviewing Mick Foley on his live podcast following SmackDown a few days before WrestleMania. But what I just read now through PWInsider.com is that there is expected to be an announcement regarding the Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania on tonight's Raw. You just mentioned Steve Austin. The history he has with the McMahon, his character has with the McMahon family, I'm kind of expecting him to be the guest referee for the Undertaker-Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell match. That actually would, that would be pretty interesting and would uh, definitely uh, be something that I'd look forward to seeing. So I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, as we talk about, you know, we don't know what Stone Cold's role is as of yet. I mean, as a fan, 
you know, are you enjoying this build towards Mania? Is, is it is it getting you hooked? Are you are you psyched to sit in front well, of your TV and watch Mania? I mean, your thoughts. Well, Mania wise, it's like you know, to me, I I've been looking at this. You go online, you can see what, what matches are going on, and I think the only matches that I'm looking forward to see is the Shane McMahon versus Undertaker match and the uh, Triple H versus Roman Reigns match. All the other matches don't really, you know, excite me, really. And that's not really what WrestleMania is all about. WrestleMania is supposed to be all about, you know, cram-packed of matches that are going to be like, holy shit, can't wait to watch them. But this year, it just doesn't seem like it's that great, especially with all the injuries going on with John Cena, um, Randy Orton. There's so many people that are injured. It explains why we're not seeing these great top build superstars and or divas, especially with one of the Bella twins being injured. We're not, we're, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. I'm not going to say anything until WrestleMania happens April 3rd. Yeah. I mean, I think the WWE has gotten themselves in a place where, you know, and, and for better or worse, like it has become such a, such an event and such a happening that there's a much different feel going to it as opposed to watching it on TV. When you watch it on TV, you're watching it on TV. And sometimes it can come off, you know, as something special. Sometimes maybe it comes off as another pay-per-view. Um, when it's an event that you're going to, uh, you get wrapped up in it. You, you get to, like, look, mm-hmm. you get to mark out a little bit, you know. You get to uh, remember when you were just a fan and didn't sit around talking about who's being pushed and who's not being pushed. And you get to just enjoy being a wrestling fan. And there's there's a sharp contrast from being in the arena and, and watching it on TV. And, you know, I'm excited about WrestleMania because I'm going to be there. Uh, when you're not going to be there, you're, you're watching the build and you're, you're looking at certain characters or, like you just said, you're, you're looking at people that are missing. And, and it's tough to get you excited for the event in and of itself. So it remains to be seen. Hopefully we get more clarification tonight as far as uh, Stone Cold's involvement. And before we let you go... Uh, why don't you give give everybody a little bit of plug uh, your show and and where we can listen to it uh, if we want to listen to the Hardcore Wrestling Podcast. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Your check's in the mail. Um, <laughs> the Hardcore Wrestling Podcast is on Spreaker.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HCW Podcast. That's the best way to know when the uh, episodes will be airing. I'm going to be doing one today, doing my review for Rob, and I'm hoping to get uh, get you on a show pretty soon, man. Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot for giving us a call, and I look forward to talking to you soon. You can take it easy, man. Take it easy, brother. Cool, getting a new uh, caller, a fellow podcasting host, and uh you know, he brings up and, – and, and Dave, you know, when, when you know what he's saying, I, I don't think he's alone in this when, when you're looking at this build that I, I do think that the build – and we and we were, we were talking this last year. Uh, it, it's a little bit lackluster, and it's mania. And as a fan, um, you're, you're going to mark out a little bit. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have people over. Uh, if you're not going to the, the, the event, you know, and you're going to have a good time. But it, it, when the build is lackluster and you want to have that special feeling heading towards WrestleMania, uh, as, as a fan, you just don't feel it. And, 
I, I get what he's saying. You know, there's just not a lot of excitement heading towards the show. But on the flip side, last year, the build was mediocre. The event was great. So the optimist in you says, just be patient, maybe get a kick-ass WrestleMania. But I do think what, what he was saying, he's not alone in his feeling in, in his build towards the show. No, he's not. I'm right there with him. I think, uh, you know, I, I think overall I expect to, it to be a fun show, a good show. I can't say that there's been a terrible WrestleMania that I can remember. Um, I, I don't think I, I personally don't think that it could be better than last year's WrestleMania because I think last year's show was good. I'll even go on record as saying that it's in like the top five of greatest all greatest of all time terms of overall presentation, in-ring work, and entertainment value. Um, however, uh, I think a couple of factors play into why it's not as exciting. Like you said, you're, you, you know, you're going, so you're automatically not going like myself this year. Um, the fact that it's lacking some star power, I think, hurts. You know, guys like Cena, Orton, and who knows, maybe these guys will be surprised, make surprise cameos at the show. I'm sure we're going to get some surprise appearances from guys, um, whether it be legends, even some of the current guys. It wouldn't shock me if we got a Seth Rollins appearance as well, Orton, Cena, you know, maybe even Daniel Bryan too, uh, you know, making a cameo at WrestleMania. Um, but I think that factors in. And I think also what factors in too is that they're not shooting for that pay-per-view audience anymore. I mean, Vince would damn near throw the kitchen sink at you, you know, when they were primarily focusing on pay-per-view and trying to get those one million buy rates. I mean, you know, we went to WrestleMania in Atlanta, WrestleMania 27, and that was probably one of the lackluster WrestleManias. I mean, we had fun there that weekend, and we had fun at that show, but... You know, Miz and Cena wasn't exactly a WrestleMania-worthy main event, but would they give us Trish Stratus, uh, uh, Undertaker and Triple H, Austin was the referee, The Rock was the host, um, we even had Snooki on the card, I mean, and, and they got one million pay-per-view buys, you know, a few years before that in Detroit, it was Donald Trump and the, the, the most famous haircut in WrestleMania history, uh, Floyd Mayweather was there one year, I mean, they, they pulled out all the stops because Pay-per-view was their primary business. Now they got the network, and they've already got over a million subscribers. And it may not be equivalent financially to what they would make in pay-per-view numbers, but if they got you subscribing, it doesn't matter if you watch the show that night or not. You're a subscriber, and you're paying that nine ninety-nine a month. So I, I think, do they want people to watch WrestleMania on the network? Absolutely. They want you know they want as many people they can watch as they can. But there's not enough emphasis in building towards it anymore because their, their primary business is not pay-per-view. And that's a really good point. Um, you know, it doesn't change the fact that as a fan, it's it's tough for you to, to get into it and get into, you know, you want that as a fan, you just want that substantial build. You want that storyline you could sink your teeth into. And, uh, you know, the storyline, I guess that they're, they're pushing and that you're trying to sink your teeth into. And we got like two minutes left in the show. So quickly, Dave, I mean, you know, I think they've done an okay job with Triple H and Reigns. Um, it's been pretty basic storytelling, but it's been okay. But, man, last week, crowd just not into Reigns. Um, last year, you know, Reigns, you know, people might forget, the WrestleMania crowd turned, and they were supporting Reigns during that main event. Um, but we're right back where we were last year. 
Fans not behind Reigns in Philadelphia tonight. I expect him to be booed out of the building. Um, again, Dave, it's interesting when you look at the Reigns character. When he's a badass and does limited talking and isn't a white meat baby face, they love him. But when they go off that path, the audience doesn't buy into it. And that's why they they have this love-hate relationship with him now. And that's why that's what's hurting this build is the fact that they now they don't buy anything he does because the audience can tell that WWE is trying really hard to get them to like him. And anything he does, they're not buying it. So, like I said, we're back at square one. At this point, I, excuse my language, but WWE is going to have to realize at some point that, you know, his character is fucked until they figure out how to fix it. And I don't think a babyface run is fixing it right now. No, I mean, when people have talked about it, and we've talked about it here, I mean, I turned him heel and him being a, a badass bully for a while and then eventually turning him face would probably be the direction to go in. Um, hey, guys, you know, watch Monday Night Raw tonight. Let's see how hostile... The uh, Philadelphia crowd is, I mean, we might see minimal involvement uh, from Reigns tonight, but it's only two Raws until WrestleMania, so we'll see what happens, but he is not going to get a warm reception. That is my prediction, and I do not think that is going out on a limb. Guys, you called us tonight and listened in. Thank you so much. Some of you guys were on hold tonight. Crazy. We had a bunch of stories, lots of callers. Be sure to get you guys on next week. I know the numbers we weren't able to get to. We'll pull you up first thing next week. Thank you for continuing to support our show. As we get to, again, two more Raws until WrestleMania. Uh, We'll be back next week previewing the last Raw before WrestleMania. You want to tune in to that. I'll be in Dallas. We'll go over next week Dave's exact schedule with King Firehawk, lots of shows there. I'm going to be calling in from Dallas, 1640 PWPR. We'll give you the most comprehensive coverage of WrestleMania weekend. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. We're set, man. Two more Raws until WrestleMania. Head on over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reed Show. Get involved in the Raw thread. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>